Hey, Georgia football fans. My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 35 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today, as usual, by my two esteemed co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. Yep, we've got the band back together today. <laughs> on this episode, Tony gives us an update on Kirby and who he has and who he will be hiring as assistant coaches. Will opines on how the new college football playoffs are being played on New Year's Eve this year and for the foreseeable future. And all three of us make our picks on who we think will be the last two teams standing to play for the national championship. Oh yeah, Georgia plays Penn State on Saturday and we obviously spend a great deal of time discussing the Tax Slayer Bowl down in Jacksonville. So thanks for joining us today. We hope your Christmas was indeed merry and look forward to celebrating an awesome 2016 with you on this podcast. So here's Will and Tony to get us kicked off today. Tony? Yeah. Now where are where are you? In Patterson, Georgia. Ah, oh, Patterson, Georgia. All right. How far is that from Jacksonville? Oh, an hour and a half. Oh, okay. How was Indiana? Yeah. It was um wet. Mm-hmm. Much like it was uh much like it was. It was, you know, Indiana. There's we nothing. It's Indiana. It's flat. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me, pal. I think you were actually able to see my parents' house looking straight ahead on the horizon from 200 miles away. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just the other side of the barbed wire or whatever it is between mm-hmm. there and in Indiana. So, so you're down in Pierce County, is that right? I am in Pierce County. That is right. Now I know that there is a Pierce County, but for those listeners who have no idea where Pierce County is. I mean, I, like I said, I know there is a Pierce County, but I don't know where it is. So could you give a little bit of a geography lesson for us? Sure. So, you know, coming from Athens, the easiest way to, to know how to get there is you go to Watkinsville, you know, Watkinsville splits right there, Highway 15 splits there at the Jittery Joe's, bare left, and it's 200 miles on the right or on <laughs> the left. Um, it's actually uh, about 40 miles inland from Brunswick between Waycross and Jessup. And uh, it's uh, actually the home county of Quavon Hicks, um, who, of course, won't be playing in the bowl game because he's got a bum knee. Yeah. I, I First of all, I feel like we should uh, we should apologize to listeners for oh, yeah. the delay. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone can understand. It's been a busy holiday season. Uh, there was a lot of tumult uh, in, in the Georgia program that has settled – but we are happy to be back, and I think we'll be a little bit more regular once we're here a little bit more. But we definitely had to do one before. The bowl game, such as it is, <laughs> the bowl game. Tony, you're going, right? So you're ready. Are you – You. when's the last time – how many bowl game, Georgia bowl games have you been to? Uh, eight or ten. I went last year to the Belk Bowl. Um, I probably had missed one or two two since the uh before then but um it seemed like once i moved to illinois i started going to bowl games more which is kind of weird but um yeah i I like bowl games to me it is a um it's it's all the fun of being or you know half and half crowds or as much as you'll get um without the pressure of having to either you know being freaked out over losing to Florida or having to walk out of there or having lost to Florida. And I don't say that because of the Gator Bowl. I'm just saying that because, you know, you know, it's a, it's a fun trip. Everybody's there to have fun. Um, you know, it's the first time we faced Penn state since the, uh, Sugar Bowl, the Todd Blackledge miracle, uh, throw game for them. 
Uh, not to take anything away from that game, they came in a well-prepared team and just they, they won the ball game. So uh, it's it's fun. Bowl games are fun to me, and I know there's a lot of people like ah blah 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 too many bowls and blah blah means nothing. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's one last chance to go get a football fix before we're we're left with the, the insufficient methadone of G Day and pro football. Well, I do, I do think there are too many bowl games. I just don't think that our bowl game is one of them. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's I mean, probably there's, there's a 40, Yeah, I think I think that's yeah. probably right. But nobody thinks they're bowl game. Like I like there are way too many bowl games, but man, I wish Illinois were playing in one. Like and I'm excited about this one. Like I you know, I mean, I the the Georgia Tech um Louisiana whoever, a Georgia State Louisiana Tech whoever game or whoever that was. was San Jose State, San Jose yeah, State yeah. and uh and Georgia State. Yeah, I, that's certainly a, a necessary game. But if you went to San Jose State or you went to Georgia State, that game is awesome. And that's why there's so many bowl games. And so, you know, I tend to not mind it. I want to get into the details of the bowl game in a bit. Uh, I feel like we should just do a general state of the state. We have not really talked about some of Kirby Smart's hires. We've not really stopped, talked about I think the last time we talked, we actually thought we were getting the strengths coach. And we're not getting the strength coach. So... Uh, I, I'm curious, and we'll start with you, Tony. What? How do you feel about before we get into the details of this particular game because they're just weird? <laughs> uh, how do you feel about the first? What do we know about Kirby Smart from the decisions he's made already as uh, HC of the GDD? Well, I think it's a. I, I think the most important thing. Yeah, I'm not sure what GDD means, but okay. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 dogs. That's the, the DGD. Yeah, no. The oh, the oh sorry. I, I, I'm in South Georgia mode. I don't. I don't speak <laughs> that language now. So you want to be vulgar? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Like I said, I'm in South Georgia mode. I don't speak that language now. <laughs> so um, the uh, yeah, I'm I'm really close to my mama. Be careful. The um. <laughs> The, the the most interesting thing to me about it, and we'll get to because I, I like a couple of his hires already, but the, I think the most important thing to me that that I've seen is that you know, well, we talked about this a little bit about you know what Kirby negotiated, uh, especially in terms of the leverage he had. Um, I think the one thing, if you were to put any Georgia fan in the corner and say, "What would you like to see Mark Rick done differently?" And I think some of the stuff that most of all of us would have seen is him be. Him, him have the power or taking the opportunity to get the power of doing what he needed to do from a, from managing his own staff and having the money to manage his own staff. Um, it looks like Kirby has gotten that. Um, you know, I think, I, I, I think some of the hires he's had and how deliberate he's been um, has been I think it's been good. I think that's a good sign. I am a huge fan of the Sam Pittman hire of offensive line coach. Jim Chaney, I mean, you know, that's, I think he's going to be, I think he's good. Um, to me, it wasn't as home run a hire as maybe Tyson Helton or, or, you know, there's a couple other names got thrown out there. I was really excited about, about Helton, but, you know, everything you read about Chaney is that he's an excellent developer of quarterbacks. Uh, he is, I mean, for heaven's sakes, he got Jonathan Crompton drafted. So, um, or at least on the NFL roster. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Uh, but that the Sam Pittman hire is the one I'm most excited about so far, the offensive line coach that was with Cheney at Tennessee and was hired away from Arkansas. Um, and, and a good a good way you can tell when someone's a good coach, when when you when Brett Bolima is being snarky about you, uh, that's a good sign that he mm-hmm. he really does he really is gonna miss him because you know, hate his love for Burke. Um 
is Jim Cheney is Jim Cheney the doppelganger for Todd Grantham? <laughs> I, I'm not. I've never seen him in the same room. Right. But uh, I, I can tell you without a doubt that uh, they're, they're, while they're not the same person, I have to assume that there is some. Uh, there's some fam- some familial. Uh, there's some familiar. There's some Gene Cross in there. Right. They look a lot alike. Jim Cheney is. A, I think he's a bigger, better, and more offensive-minded. Uh, Todd Grantham. Right. Yeah. So, what is the philosophy? Like, you know, there were uh, there were many questions about that. Is the conservative philosophy? Obviously, I think everyone's just so happy he's not Schottenheimer that I don't know if it's going to matter too much to a lot of people. But certainly, what should we expect out of seeing what he did at Pittsburgh? He's made a lot of stops. Uh, what should we expect to see next year? Well, he is a, he, he came up in the spread offense. And I think that's one thing that is going to most excite me and should excite Georgia fans is he's not going to be beholden in a way that some of our offensive coordinators have been uh, to having to have a prototypical five-step drop play action passer. And if we get, let's say, just say, for instance, we decide to go to our biggest rival, young in-conference rival game, uh, and put in a quarterback who is not necessarily best suited to run that kind of offense, you would kind of expect him to come up with a game plan that fits around that person's skill set. Or let's say the speaking. not that we've ever seen right. not that we've ever seen them sure. not do that. <laughs> or theoretically speaking, let's say the best one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the state in three or four or five years was located thirty five miles to the northwest of Athens. Um, you know, not take a hard pass just because he doesn't fit your scheme. You still recruit that guy. Hypothetically speaking i think that's kind of what we'll see out of cheney uh he does bring spread elements to his offenses even playing out of uh, you know what we might say it's a more traditional pro style um and frankly when you start looking at what the nfl is trying to incorporate brian and kelly not getting fired notwithstanding is that we're going to see more and more chip of those kelly. concepts transition over to the nfl i mean yeah. chip kelly chip kelly. yeah brian kelly chip kelly they're all irish guys to me yeah, yeah. and uh <laughs> Guys, guys, I can say that I'm Irish. It's fine. Yeah, I can say that. Uh, I'm actually, prototypical Irish. I'm fat and you know mostly bald. And uh, the but I think I think that's what Georgia fans should get most excited about is that Jim Cheney's philosophy is going to be one of hey, what's my personnel and what's going to give us the best opportunity to create mismatches on the field against defenses. So can you can you project? The opposite of Schottenheimer when you think of it. Can you project out maybe these positions that aren't filled yet? Maybe kind of give us some names to think about uh, that maybe Kirby will end up landing on. I mean, since Thomas Brown and Brian McClendon aren't going to be here next year, uh, does that open a spot for, dare I say, Heinz Ward to come in here and be like the recruiting guru? No, Heinz no. Ward's going to come. Well, if you're Kirby Smart, you you can't spend your capital on a – a, a wide receiver who has, you know, great name recognition, but zero coaching chops. You just can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that, that's, that's the thing. I I wonder with some of these hires, if you know, because maybe Heinz Ward is the right is the right guy. Maybe he isn't, but it doesn't seem like it feels like with the man. He has a mandate, but he also has immediate pressure. I don't see him taking any massive risks. With some of these hires, not that he's, saying he's just going to take the same old, same old, but it's hard to see. Like, there's a certain level of thinking outside the box that I don't know if he 
is really going to do. And I said it's a good, a good way. Yeah, Scott, I think I think to get a little more deep in, deeper into your question, I think I think Kirby's going to look for two very important things from his coaches. One, he's going to look for guys who have coached at the college level um, and can recruit. And two, he's going to be looking for younger guys that he can mold into his guys. Um, so you're, I, I, my guess is the defensive coordinator hire is going to be another person like a Jim Chaney. You would have people like, who is that again? You know, if it's Chris Rumpf, um, that's great. If it's, uh, is it Charles Kelly, maybe from Florida State, that's great. Um, it also wouldn't surprise me if it's Tosh Luopi, who is the, I want to say the defensive line coach at Alabama now, um, who came from Washington. Um, he is a, <laughs> he's a jam up recruiter. I mean, he's a young guy. This will be his first DC stop. It wouldn't surprise me if we get him as a position coach. Um, I think Kirby's philosophy, which he brings from Kiffin, I mean, from um, Saban, that's a Freudian slip of the Freudian slip. <laughs> um, from Saban is that I want young coaches who want, I, I want young coaches who are ambitious. I want young coaches I have to fight to keep every year because if I do that, I'm doing the right, they are, they are the right coaches. If people want to move up and out, they are the kind of coaches that are going to do well for me. Um, yeah. And I think that's what Kirby is going to bring to the table. Now, I've also heard uh, a couple of rumors that he might actually name a special teams coordinator. Is, do you, believe that or is that just hearsay i mean i think the only way he can do that is if he could position he's a position coach himself um and that's a possibility um you know i well mark rick did it his first couple years he called plays on offense well yeah he he just hired uh, mark rick just hired a special team coach at miami i don't know if you saw that really mark rick did actually (laughs) hire a special teams coach at miami yeah that was todd hartley who was our recruiting coordinator at, at georgia um you know i think I think the important thing to look for with Kirby is it wouldn't surprise me in the least if we get a couple of people that a couple of names for people like, I can't believe we just hired this guy. Right. I, I, it just feels that Kirby is not going to be unafraid to be unconventional in that way. But I think the thing you want to look for is I want, you want, you want to look for national media guys and the media guys and where this person came from. If they're praising the hire, you know, you've done right because Look, I defend the Schottenheimer hire to a lot of very smart college football writers. Um, and, you know, I, because I, th- I, th- I thought, okay, Mark Rick knows something we don't know. We were, I was so wrong about that. <laughs> uh, Barrett Sally and I had, Barrett Sally at, at uh, Bleacher Report, who is a very, very knowledgeable writer um, at, at Bleacher Report. Uh, he, he and I had a long back and forth about this. And, it's just flat out. I just flat out and just finally sent a message recently and said, Hey, you were so right about this guy. Um, and you know, the, I think the thing we have to be careful of Scott and I understand why people want the Heinz Ward thing is that Kirby can't afford to win the press conference. He can't afford to think about winning the press conference. He's got to think about winning ball games because whether, whether we as fans like it or not, Kirby's not going to have four years to get an sec championship or an sec championship game. We're not that program anymore. You, you gotta, you gotta consider the source of where that question's coming from. I mean, I'm the uniform guy. You know, I'm kind of very, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm just very. I'm shallow assuming you level. know what dance. I'm assuming you know what dance Ward danced in the uh, in the final dance with the stars. That's just my assumption. Yeah, there's a, there's a good possibility, although I'm not going to incriminate myself. <laughs> you know, here, here's here's my next question. This is a little bit of a left turn and a tangent, but it is uh, succinct with the way that I think. What 
who's going to be the home team? Are we going to see those uh, really boring white uniforms of Penn State or the semi-boring uh, blue and white uniforms for Penn State? Um, I believe we are the home team. I believe we're on the west side. Um, so I guess the boring white. That's fine. <laughs> you, are you going to make any Christian Hackenberg uh, comments or jabs at all in this podcast? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't know where the Christian Hackenberg making jokes section of the of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess I'm just previewing that or something. Hey, I'm, we're, we're, we're all a little rusty here. It's been, it seems like three months since we did a podcast. <laughs> Well, a little stat that I just made up in the 16 minutes we've been on the call, Christian Hackenberg's thrown three balls in the dark. So, yeah. okay, wow. there we go. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. For what it's worth, you know, I do. I guess we can talk about the bowl game a little <laughs> bit because we'll have we'll have plenty of time to talk about the staff. I do kind of like the idea of what uh, I like the idea that Grayson Lambert will be starting because he will uh, be able to at last. Here we go. <laughs> he will at last be able to survey the wreckage that he hath wrought <laughs> and uh, look over to the sideline and see two coaches left. The idea of endlessly, you know, there was a nice story. Uh, Chip Towers wrote a night who I finally met, by the way, I met Chip okay. Towers for the first time at uh, one of the Georgia games. Does he like our podcast? Games. He did not know about the podcast. Oh. He did not like, but uh, I remember. Oh, yeah, I, just this, I, saw, I just thought about it. I saw him sit beside you. Yeah. Uh, I just remember that. Yeah. He was, uh, he was, he was very friendly. He was very nice. And, um, but, uh, it, you know, there's always that little edge every time you talk to a newspaper person when they're like, oh, so you're the Deadspin guy. Because a lot of those guys still actually, like, hold – because Deadspin started to take off at the exact same time the newspaper, newspaper. industry imploded. Right. So, like, all these – a lot of sports people, I think, uh, reverse causality have this idea. But he's a very nice man. I, of course, I know Seth a lot better. But anyway, he wrote this uh, a good piece about McClendon and about how, like, you know, this may be for one game. And this may be, you know, uh, a strange situation, but it's still kind of historic. Like it's kind of a big deal that, uh, like this guy is, is a coach for one bowl game for Georgia. So I don't want to uh, get away from that and, and and devalue that. But certainly, it is weird. Like it's a weird game. There's two coaches. Like honestly, aren't there like just two? Uh, Tony, am I overstating that? I was like really just like two coaches that are going to be still around that are coaching this game. Yeah, Shear and Rocker. Yeah, if those two. It looks like both of those guys will be there. Yeah, here's the thing about it. If we were – had this been a five-year experiment and these guys were just moved – had just come in here three or four years ago, I'd feel differently about this. B-Mac's been a Georgia Bulldog since his daddy ran the football for us uh, back in the 70s. Or was that 80s, Scott? I don't remember uh, uh, when Willie – I guess it was – Willie McClendon? Yeah. I'd say late Uh, 70s. He was around the Buck Blue time, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, maybe he was, maybe he was. Um, so you know, he is he is as Georgia Bulldogs they get, and it's going to be far weirder for him to go coach at South Carolina than it will be for him to be interim head coach for this football team. Uh, you can say the same thing about John Lilly, um, and and you know, I think probably what I, in my mind, I think it helps um, offensively. I can't help but to think John Lilly's going to be like, what do I care? Let's throw the playbook out and let's just, I'm not going to worry about the game plan. So I, I, I've gone back and look, watched a couple of games and on purpose, on purpose, um, it, just to kind of get a sense in my head to think through what happened with Brian Schottenheimer. And I honestly think what happened is Brian Schottenheimer brought the pro approach to the game, which is here's our game plan. We're going to use this game plan 
and we're going to hope we out-athlete the other teams. And it was very clear after this, pretty much from that past the South Carolina game on, that everything we tried, and of course it doesn't help that, that Chubb got hurt, but it was pretty clear that teams were kind of had got onto that. And our as our offensive philosophy became more and more conservative, um, it seemed like Schottenheimer became more and more afraid to do anything different. Um, so we look, we know we have an offense that can go 23 or 25. We know that we've seen that. And yes, it was against that. 24. I'm my bad. I didn't mean to, 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 to take that one away, <laughs> but we know we have that. And it seems to me that for this one game, you know, John Lilly, it's not going to be like Jonathan Moxon's going to have the headset on. It's like, yeah, run, run B45X and throw the ball to Billy Bob. But it's going to be really interesting to watch our offensive game plan and to see how much it frees up under Lilly. Um, so, you know, having said all of that, Will, I, I, I don't, I think it's going to be a little strange for us. I think the, uh, the players who have now probably gone through 14 or 15 mm-hmm. um practices and all the meetings it's just going to be the new normal for them yeah yeah i've uh um i've enjoyed i've been reading and listening to a lot of uh the mainstream national discussion of this game uh this is not among everyone's favorite bowls <laughs> this is not and uh, i do like oh, the, we're talking about the solid verbal now aren't we <laughs> yeah we're not talking about solid verbal we're talking about uh cbs uh cbs's uh podcast with tom fernelli and uh chip patterson yeah. Uh, yeah. I though they did Chip Patterson did bring up an excellent question, which is whether it is a push between Georgia having one or two coaches against the entire Penn State coaching staff and James Franklin, which I think is a legitimate uh, uh, question. I will say that uh, McClendon may coach one game his entire life, and I still trust his on-field game management better than I trust James Franklin. <laughs> You're not going to get me to argue with you about yeah, James I didn't Franklin. Think you would. So do you – first off, I feel obliged to point out, do, if Georgia wins, does this count as one last Mark Rick 10-win season? I mean, what do you think, Scott? I, I would say no. I mean, Mark Rick has been gone for a month. He is flashing the U every chance he gets on social media. I'm happy for the guy. Um, he, there is no fingerprint other than the fact that he recruited these guys which and, is a big fingerprint. Which is a big fingerprint, but I don't think... <laughs> I mean, you're going to bring it up. <laughs> how, how Will just referenced they've been through 14 bowl practices and everything. I think that, I mean, it was it was probably like uh, the five stages of grief that we talked about at the end of the Alabama podcast. I mean, they're already to acceptance. Um, one way I know this and one way I feel like I have a little bit of insight uh, over you and Will, unless you can um, match me on this, but I've been following... <laughs> Uh, some of the updates on Snapchat with the U- the football UGA Snapchat, which has been letting some of the guys take over their Snapchat feed for the bowl practices, and it's been pretty fascinating. I think Brandon Kublano took it over one day. I think uh, Jordan Jenkins or uh, Sonny Michelle took it over. Very entertaining. These guys are loose. Um, they look like they're having a great time, and that gives me a good feeling to think that they're going to be out there to prove people that this that they are a team, and you know maybe they're winning, maybe they're going to try to win one for Coach Rick. I don't know. Maybe they're going to try to win for win one for BMAC. Um, but no, I mean to answer your question, I, I don't think that this will be able to be a win. If it is a win, 
that Mark Rick will be able to take credit for. Yeah, I, I don't I, think I, I can argue with that. Yeah, I think it's probably fair. So in, in case y'all are wondering, and if, in case you uh, do have the Snapchat, Snapchat app, it is quite fascinating. It's just their junk, right? It's just their junk? No, 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 no. I mean, Snapchat no, has evolved from junk pictures to <laughs> yeah, actual yeah, yeah. stories. Yeah, and that's what that's I'm what on Snapchat. My I'm wife's on Snapchat. It's, but anyway, it's Football UGA. Follow them. They're doing a great job of updating. I'm going to show Will uh, some of their updates. Uh, no, don't. don't. We, this is a family show. This is a <laughs> yeah, family we'll show. We'll wait till we get off this. But uh, So where do we go from here now that we've ruined this question? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, they're junk. I get it now. Yeah, 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 um, welcome. welcome back. Um, yeah, no, I, I, Scott, I think you're right. I love the I love the Snapchat, uh, the Georgia Snapchat feed. It's, it's pretty interesting to see some of the stuff they do. Um, you know, I, I, the only thing I I would add to that is that in a lot of ways you can, I think you're right. I think the players are going to want to win for coach Rick and coach BMAC. Um, but I think we're going to, there's, I've heard a lot of chatter about wanting to win and get these, these seniors to 40 wins. It seems like whether the coaching staff or whomever has, has kind of beat that into their heads. I like to see it. 40 um, wins you know, is awesome. 40 wins is really impressive. impressive. It, and everybody, oh, you didn't, I'll, I'm sure I'll get an email yeah. from some guy. Well, this one guy, who you know has has always has the stats on the ready. It was like you know we're three and fifteen versus teams ranked in the top. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, who cares? It's just it's and that's the other part about a bowl game that that I was trying to explain to someone today. It's like you know what I want us to win, but it doesn't feel like life or death if we win. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and that's the great part about this being a true exhibition game is that you know I don't want to lose to Penn State, especially the little Jamie Franklin. But <laughs> but I am. You know, I'm not going to feel bad about losing this game in the way I would feel bad about losing to anybody that was on our schedule. Well, there's only four teams that will feel really bad about losing a game. And they play – gosh, that's amazing. They play tomorrow night. We're recording this on the 30th. Yeah, they may have already played by the time – Yeah, depending on how much uh, uh, libations are occurring. (laughs) Well, here's my legitimate question. One thing I'm asking you guys – I'm assuming everyone's rooting against Alabama, right? Like we have yeah, to. Yeah, we want Kirby here right, on uh, right, Saturday. Right, we have to. He's right. going to the game. He's, oh, he's win got, or lose. He's going to the bowl game win or lose. He's going to the bowl game win or lose. And I'm sure you read it, Tony. I think it was Seth or, or Chip or somebody wrote about it saying that if Alabama wins, he's going to go back to Tuscaloosa first and then fly to Jacksonville. If they lose, I think he's flying straight to Athens and then the Jacksonville, and he did not know whether he would watch it on the sidelines or in the box. Now, he doesn't need to take any advice from me, but do y'all remember when Rich Rodriguez took over Michigan and and it was Lloyd Carr's last bowl game? Mm-hmm. I think it was against Florida in the Citrus Bowl, and he was standing on the sidelines like just a specter <laughs> watching. So my advice to Kirby is if you are at the game, and I heard you're going to be there, go up into a box, kind of sit in the back row, Maybe watch a live feed of it or something, but you know it just was it just looked bad, and obviously we know how the Rich Rod era turned out at Michigan. So, but that's just my two cents. I'm I'm curious. How do you think that he's handled it so far? He seems to have done okay in a, in a very difficult situation. To I don't I don't get a sense that Georgia people are annoyed that he's doing. They, they, everybody understands that he's going for a national championship. You, well, you don't go on the dog that much. No, I don't. Um, but I mean, come on. I mean, if I, we talked about this last time, but if Georgia were in the same position, we would be furious. 
if Georgia yeah. were joined for a national championship and the defensive coordinator left. Like, of Absolutely. course, we'd be furious. And yeah, so I, I have no problem with it. Yeah, it's, no, I, I, I think you, I think it's irrational and and also, frankly, a little destructive to get angry about that already. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we got Eason. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he delivered Eason and been Cleveland. So, what was the situation? I saw this story, but you know, it's the holidays we've been passing around. What was the thing where Pruitt and Kirby were on the like standing next to each other on the defensive? Yeah, yeah what, what, what happened with that? So, so, they're sharing, a, they're actually sharing an office <laughs> in Tuscaloosa at the Bryant, at the Bear Bryant Memorial, Bear Bryant, Bear Bryant Memorial, Frito Lay, not Frito Lay. For Golden all the, the freedom. Yes. Um, so, you know, the, the joke, the running joke is, is that, you know, Pruitt will talk to a, uh, you know, five-star stud and then he'll just hand the phone to Kirby. Um, and, you know, here's the thing about it. A lot of people are like, how, how can, how can Pruitt and Kirby stand to be in the same room? Look guys, the, the fact of the matter is, is that is, is as much as we, we want to hate or want to think that there's a projected hate there's no more amount of hate between people that recruit against each other than there are in other businesses. Kirby Pruitt, and despite everything we've heard about Pruitt, Pruitt's still a professional in the profession. And by most accounts, as long as you don't coach offense poorly, a likable guy. And um, the yes, and that was snark. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the, the the thing about it is that is that you know they're colleagues right now, and that it, that's there's nothing weird about that. Now, it doesn't seem weird to me. It seems like a perfectly normal thing to me. And, you know, I think a lot of Georgia people want to get fired up about everything and anything that makes no sense to me to get fired up about. If you want to get fired up about something, you know, let's let's get, let's get fired up about how we handle how our how our policies are put us a disadvantage vis-a-vis our col- our colleagues school or programs. Um, but let's get fired up about that. Let's not get fired up about, you know, for four weeks, Jeremy Pruitt and Kirby Smarter in the same room. My, my wager is that the crossover between people that have been screaming for Mark Rick to be fired for six or seven years and the people that are angry that Kirby Smart is not coaching Georgia full time right now is high. That would be yeah, that, that Venn diagram looks a lot like a circle. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> that's so, a very good visual. <laughs> so I so I well while we're on there, I feel like we should talk about those. Uh, I don't know when people the game starts at four o'clock on New Year's Eve tomorrow. Oh, you mean yeah. the the not the Georgia game? Yeah, right, not the Georgia game. We should, but I feel like we should talk Playoffs. a little about yeah Clemson Oklahoma. Uh, and I don't know when this will be up. I'm talking to the producer right now, so I don't know when it'll be up. But uh, yeah, okay, that's pressure. So I guess, hey, look, hey, don't, the shorter we keep this, the quicker yes, it'll get up. Don't worry. <laughs> even if you don't, even if you don't, I think uh, everyone will love to hear us being really wrong about yeah, this. Yeah. So uh, so let's go ahead and make. Uh, unless there's anything specifically you want to add, Tony, before we just make our picks on the game and then uh, then get into the slaying of taxes. Um, no, I think I think we could. We'll talk about the guys that will not be there because of injuries or otherwise when we do our bowl when our do our previews. All right, so here's how I see it. I guess we're going to pick uh, the two uh, playoff games tomorrow, and then we'll pick the Georgia game. Yeah, that's the idea. So I right, so start with the four o'clock. Clemson, Oklahoma. Um, I'll start. It's weird. Oklahoma, there's a sense that Oklahoma is just the best team in the country right now for like the last three or four because because they, they look so good after the Texas loss, even slightly before the Texas loss. And they're and they're kind of they're well balanced. But like people get like they barely beat TCU. Like they had a couple of close games there toward the end. 
Clemson is undefeated for a reason. They and to me, it comes down to I will trust that quarterback. Is he? Where's he from? Do we remember where Clemson's quarterback is from? Never, I never heard of him. Oh yeah, yeah, he's from he's from he's from like somewhere nearby. I think. Yeah, about an hour and ten minutes. Did he have any interest in going to Georgia? Did anybody ever hear anything? It feels like they would have looked into him. I think no. he had interest, but nobody went and answered his call. No, I can't be right. This guy's got, got no. a Heisman Trophy finalist, and has got a chance to win the national championship. That, Tony, tell me that's not right. You're making that up. Okay, I thought so. I thought so. But I, I in games like this, I may, I may make an exception for the other semifinal. I tend to go with the biggest superstar talent position guy on the field. And so I'm picking Clemson. I'm picking. I know Oklahoma. Oklahoma is the favorite, but I'm I'm picking Clemson. Oklahoma is a four point favorite, I think, in that game, which is pretty good for a four seed over a one. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'm taking Clemson. Well, I, you know, the, the, go ahead, Scott. I I don't know how I feel about this game. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, I don't know much about uh, Oklahoma, or I think I've seen them twice. Uh, once when they played Tennessee. And they looked terrible, and they looked awesome uh, as they came back and won that game. Uh, and then the other game I saw them play was against Texas, and they looked flat-out terrible that game. But they've been r- rattling off a string of uh, great victories, and uh, they took care of Oklahoma State uh, in Bedlam. And, you know, Baker Mayfield is just one of those guys that you would hate playing against, but you would love to have playing for your team because all he seems to do is make plays. And, yeah, I heard the Gary Patterson comments about Baker Mayfield and his dad and uh, the recruiting issues with Texas Tech and how he was walked on. He felt disrespected. And so, hey, you know what? You're 18, 19, 20 years old. You're a stud athlete. You have a right to have a chip on your shoulder if if that's what motivates you. Um, But having said all that, I tend to lean towards who's the guy with the hardware or who's the guy that could have had the hardware. I'm sure he won some secondary award. But Deshaun Watson is that special player that only comes around once every 10 years. We missed on him. Sour grapes, sure. But I like Dabo. I like how even keel he is. Yeah, they've got three guys suspended um, due to just them being dummies, idiots. Um, but only one of them was a real player. He was a backup uh, wide receiver. Um, but I think Clemson's going to exercise the demons of Clemsoning, and they're going to put themselves in a position to play for the national championship. All right. Are you making it? Are you making it unanimous, Tony? Well, here, here's here's kind of how I see this. Um, I like I like what Oklahoma has done after the Texas game because I think pretty much everyone was ready to put a fork in them. I mean, they were nearly a punchline in a way that Clemson, frankly, has been for a few years. And the thing that has impressed me about Oklahoma is that they went back to basics. The Texas game, it seemed like they got they they seemed like they got really fancy offensively, and they turned over the ball over a couple times early, and they just handed the ball off to Baker Mayfield and said, "Go make plays, go make plays." Here's the flip side to that, and this is the thing that no one really seems to be talking about. And I noticed neither of you did. Clemson's defense is actually pretty good. Their defensive line is spectacular. And they they can get pressure on Baker Mayfield and still put six six guys in coverage, legitimately put six guys in coverage. And that's going to create problems for 
for Oklahoma. And that's essentially what Texas did to Oklahoma. Um, is they they basically they just got a lot of push. They they were able to shut down the running game and got a lot of push up front. And you know they just kind of waited back for Baker Mayfield to make a mistake. And I think that's what this game is going to look like. Um, I think Clemson wins this game. And you know, I, Will, I, I'm with you. When you get two evenly matched teams, you want to go with the best player on the field. Uh, but actually, I think defense in this is going to make the difference for for Clemson in this game. Awesome, 100 percent Clemson. I love it. We're all we're all on the underdogs. Uh, we I don't, we don't usually agree like that. I know. Well, let's see if that changes here. Right. Probably not, actually. Wow. Uh, the second game, of course, is 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Can we talk? Can we have a brief yeah, moment please. to talk about how the games are on New Year's Eve? This has been a hotly debated topic. I feel like there's an old joke. I was actually, uh, I'm, I have a big column on Deadspin this week uh, that runs on New Go Year's ahead Eve. Make, plug your show. Oh, yeah, plug yeah. Every, every year I write a uh, Drew McGarry, those of you that like Drew McGarry. Yeah, of course, is an old friend of mine, and he uh, a Deadspin, and he writes the Jam Baru column. And every the last year of the, of the NFL season, I fill in for him. I filled in tomorrow. I spent most of my day writing that column because it takes a lot out of me because I always do this weirdly ambitious state of the way that we discuss things online missive that is mostly full of hot gas. But regardless, I did not put this line in there, but I wanted to. Is that like the idea that? Uh, the old days you said that uh, you don't trust anyone over 40. That's what you told kids. I feel like now it's don't trust anyone who is okay with the New Year of the college football playoff games happening on New Year's Eve because I, as a parent, and I, as someone that no longer goes out on New Year's Eve, love the fact that the games are on New Year's Eve. I think it's totally great. It doesn't bother me at all. It works out well with my plans because I have two small children and I no longer go out for New Year's Eve. Now, that's great for me because I am old. It's probably also great for the boosters of college football and all the people that all the people run college football hang out with. I suspect it's not actually good for the future of college football to have. Uh, the, to me, there's an arrogance on display there. Uh, the notion, whenever they talk about this, and ESPN talks about this, and college football playoff talks about this. I have a lot of friends that work in ESPN, ESPN PR and all of them at like at once today tweeted out the New York times story about how ESPN is trying to make this a, the new holiday tradition in America because new year's Eve, very new tradition in America, very new thing. Very it's, it's been tipping on the precipice for years. Are we going to stop celebrating new year's Eve in America? What will replace this thing that we're about to drop? So, yeah, uh, I think it is absolutely insane that these games are on New Year's Eve, even though it fits me personally. Uh, I think it's absolutely insane and very, very bad for the game itself. Tony, do you agree? Yeah, I, I think that I think you're right about it being bad for the game itself. I frankly don't care when it is. I'm going to watch it regardless. And I'm like, you will. I mean, I don't know. I, I, you know, I love having a drink sometimes and I'm, I'm a fan of partying. But New Year's Eve ranks up there with St. Patrick's Day for amateur night. It just does. Um, it just really feels like this is the one night a year I'm going to go out and throw up on my shoes. And I don't understand. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I. I do agree with you. There is a particularly the way it was marketed an arrogance that really bothered me. Um, and and here's the thing about it. They could have gone perfectly understated, even didn't even pretend like it was anything other than the last day of the month, and they just happened to be that's the day the ball games were on. Right. I think people would have been even it would have been much better with it. And just hey, December thirty first, national semifinals, because you know the you know, the NFL NFL when the games are on, you know when Sunday falls on the thirty first, they don't they have no bones about putting their Sunday night game on. Still, they just do it. 
because you know what? It's NFL. We're gonna we're gonna put the games on. That's when we have our games. But the, if they, Russia, had, they don't put on the most important two of the three most important games of the year at that time. No, no, like no. I get that. No, well, I, I completely games. get that. My point yeah. is, is that had they had they undersold it, it basically said the National Semifinals December thirty first, as opposed to yay, it's the new thing. Isn't mm-hmm. this awesome? Um, I think I think the backlash against it, particularly the cultural influence backlash, would be much less. I I, I think they're going to be, and I could be wrong on this, but I think they're going to be shocked by how much lower the ratings are. I think because remember last year they were on New Year's Day and it was awesome and it was so fun and they were like we were all a little hungover and just got to relax and watch the games. It was so cool. I think they are going because and they were the ratings were enormous last year. I think they're going to be shocked by. I don't think there's any question that they fall. I and I maybe and I'm listen. I I have gone. You, if anyone ever bet on my predictions of the way Americans will react to national phenomena, they could make a lot of money betting against me. I'm always wrong about this stuff, but I would not be. I would be surprised if the ratings aren't net down. Frankly, pretty considerably. You know what surprises me is the fact. I mean, growing up, I mean, Will, you and I are the same age. Tony, you're quite a bit older than us, but um, you probably are in the same boat. Damn, as us. Not quite a bit. He's okay. a little older. He's like half a decade. It's not that, that's not that much. It's an Olympiad. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. So what I was going to say is think about growing up. Think about, go back to when you were 12 years old, Will. Mm-hmm. And if you were reading your dad's newspaper uh, about the college football bowl games that mm-hmm. were coming up, what day historically has been the biggest and best day? It was almost like a badge of honor. We've played in a what a day, New game, a New course. Year's Day bowl game. Yeah. And that's what st- strikes me kind of funny about this. It's like, okay, everything I've grown up knowing, maybe it's, maybe I'm weird for paying attention to stuff like that. But to me, the creme de la creme of time slots to have a bowl game was on January one. I mean, back in the day they would cram five, six, seven bowls in there. But I think, I I think the biggest uh, problem with having this, I think one of the players we haven't mentioned is the Rose bowl wants its time slot. And and, the sugar bowl, the sugar bowl is the same way. That part of the the problem. Hey Scott, the sugar bowl is the real holdup. Yeah. Okay. My bad. The sugar, it, the sugar bowl, was, uh, the bowl. sugar bowl is Game basically thrown their sucker in the dirt and said we want to be the prime time game on sept on on November for whatever the day is on third Friday. Hell if I can know. Uh, but no, they've said we want our eight o'clock time slot. We're going to have. It doesn't matter when you put the semifinal games. We will have our game at eight o'clock on on the New Year's Day. It's insane, man. Well, and, it's, and you know, next year, of course, next year Atlanta is hosting one of the semifinal games. Right. Yeah. So, so which what, I mean, what is it? Is it again on uh, December thirty first? It is again year? on December thirty first next year. So they yeah, they the can go watch the peach drop yeah. after the game. Yeah. Unless yeah. they change their mind, it will be at. Uh, it will be in Atlanta. Well, yeah, I, I, I personally don't have a problem with it. I mean, but I we're old. Like, yeah. we, I feel like we are. Like we. That is the question, though. Is the idea. The, like the to me the notion that college football thinks that it owns New Year's Eve, I think they're about to be disabused of that notion. Pretty dramatic. Yeah, it, it probably probably dramatically. So, oh, okay, so we should pick the game. So yeah. it's Alabama, Michigan State. Hoping it's not going to double overtime, or the ball will actually drop in the middle of and the so game. So it will be a January first game. <laughs> it will actually be a January first game. That's right. It'll be like Derek Cheater, Mister November. Um, 
I want very badly for Connor Cook to have this awesome game. I love him. I, I'm very fond of the guy. Uh, I love the way he plays. I think he's actually going to do very well in the NFL. But he is their whole offense, man. And he, they, Michigan State does not even have the type of offense that causes Alabama trouble and that they are not a quick strike. They are not actually that electric of an offense. I am sad to say the good news of this game is it may be over midway through the third quarter so everyone will have time to switch over to whatever channel they watch the ball drop on. I think they're going to play them because I have to say this is a nine, and it was kind of amazing. That this is a nine and a half point spread in a neutral field in a playoff game. And I actually think Alabama is going to cover it. I think this is one of those games where Alabama gets a turnover early. And then Spencer Hall talked about how Alabama picks up a team and then just holds them while they kick their legs until they die. This week's up another one of those games. I think Alabama is going to win big. Well, um, I'm I'm definitely not going to agree with you there. I don't think Alabama is going to win big. And selfishly, I am picking Michigan State. As all of you Georgia fans know, I want Kirby you want back, back here. I mean, it's it's pure selfishness. I get. It. I'm I'm going to talk myself into I thinking. Wanted to. Yeah, I'm going to talk myself into thinking that Michigan State is the better team. And you know, who knows? Maybe Alabama will have an Ole Miss uh, situation. I, I hope uh, Coach Smart. Kirby, Curbs, as uh, Alexa would call him. If we do cross paths in the future and ever meet, I hope you don't hold it against me that I'm just blatantly pulling for Michigan State just so you can go ahead and clock in officially uh, as the UGA head coach at sometime, say, 1230 on January 1st. Um, So I'm going to pick Michigan State to blow doors on Alabama. (laughs) Blow doors? Yeah. Wow. Blow doors. Wow. Well, I think I think that I think people in the late '60s uh, that worked with Jim Morrison that was actually part of their job description. It was actually the title <laughs> of their job. Were, yes, actually, that was, was, was door blower. There was there was actually door blowers at that day. Yeah. I think um, I actually saw Meg time. Ryan play a door blower in Oliver Stone movie. Yeah, okay, I think that's Banner of the Cut floor of the movie, right? That was not in the movie, but I think it was. Uh, it was that was a deleted scene. Yeah. <laughs> director's cut and. Um, so here, Scott, as, as much as I want to agree with you, here's the problem with that, is that Alabama's whole philosophy is, is, is like not getting doors blown. So, you know, the, the, their offense is geared around that. Their defense is geared around that. You know, I, look, Michigan State looked really impressive in the Big Ten Championship, which was an underrated great game. Wow. And – it was, you know, it was so ugly early, and then suddenly the fourth quarter happened, and uh, and they they had that twenty two play manhood robbing drive that you know probably cost Kurt Ferentz another ten years, uh, but uh, you know I think the the thing about it is that Spencer Hall is right. Alabama just picks people, picks teams up, and let them kick their legs until they're tired, and that's what's going to happen. They're going to give Derrick Henry's going to have forty something carries in this game. He's going to have 200 yards by the halftime, halftime, and it's just going to be over midway through the third quarter. Um, and you, you know, all you, all you folks that are, you know, going downtown or wherever it is you're going, you get to go off and happily do that. I'm going to sit and watch the end of the football game because I'm a football fan, and uh, I just think I just think the Tide's going to win, no matter no matter how much I want Michigan State to win. All right. Well, I think we should. De- we'll we'll talk about the. We'll wrap this up before we go to the Georgia game. Um, I will be at the national championship game this year, so I'd like us to do a show before then. We can do while I'm from there. What we're going to do? I think it'd be a fun game to uh, to preview. But... Yeah, they, 
The game isn't until like January 20th, right? It's like the 15th. I think it's like the 14th or 15th. It's, it's a the, long it's way. It's the day before the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's a long way. It's a long way. Actually, I think sure. it's, it's the 10th, I think. It is the 10th. It is the 10th. Yeah. Because there's a possibility. No, I'm sorry. It's the 11th. It's the 11th. 11th. Yeah, there's a there's an outside possibility. I go to Frisco, Texas, to watch the um, the FCS yeah, championship. Division two, yeah, yeah, Jackson, no, Jacksonville State, Jacksonville yeah. State playing North Dakota State. Uh, so yeah, so, but Will, yeah, you you probably know this. One of our tailgate, one of our tailgate, uh, my, actually my tailgate husband's uh, dad is a huge Jacksonville State fan. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, so they're going out to uh, team they're that going almost out. beat Auburn. Yeah, that's right. The team that would be undefeated, but for Auburn lucky into a winning. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, okay. so Will, if you're um, in Jerry World, is that where it is? No, it's in Phoenix this year. It's in uh, it's in the University of Phoenix. It's home of the soon-to-be NFC champion Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably true. Um, but if you are out in the what is it, the Pink Taco Stadium? Pink Ta- it's a University of Phoenix Stadium, but yes, I also prefer calling it the Pink Taco. Okay, yes. okay, that's a great restaurant if you're out west. Oh, I know they are. They, I, I want to hear. Yeah, but, uh, I, I'm. It would have been amazing in, if they'd have called that stadium that. Yeah, eight at one in L.A. Um, so if you are out there at University of Phoenix Stadium and Alabama wins, are you going to have press credentials? Well, wait, wait, wait. Hold on for a second. Hold on. Yes. There's a restaurant called the Pink Taco. There is a restaurant called the Pink Taco. <laughs> and it's like a bro dude that owns it too. That he, cause he wanted to buy the baby rights for the, for the Arizona Shocked Cardinal Stadium. To hear that. And he wanted to call it the Pink Taco Stadium. And I think a rare, <laughs> I like the idea that the Arizona Cardinals said, no, 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 that would be embarrassing to call saving the Pink Taco. Let's instead call it, name it after a for-profit university. That right. was actually less embarrassing to them right. uh, when it probably should have been. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so I will, yeah. I will have press okay. credentials. Okay, there. so you're going to have press credentials out there. If Alabama wins, will you be able to go up and talk to Coach Smart and ask him some questions and find find out what he's thinking about I, Being you, the coach, will you get to speak with him? I mean, I I, I don't know if if uh, Saban lets assistants coach coaches. I thought they're wide games, open. Even these. if I think during the week, yeah, probably during the week, I think they might be able to. Uh, I guess I could. That's I. I feel like you know. I mean, Kirby's probably one of those people that will be surrounded by people, right? Uh, interview. You'd be interviews. like, hey, I, I live here in Athens. Yeah, I, I mean, I suspect. I mean, Schleyball will also be there. He can do the. He can ask the exact same question, and um, you say, "Hey, uh, hey, Coach Smart, Will Leach, WSLS podcast." WSLS podcast. <laughs> um, I, we'll see. Listen, we, we, you know, we we have not yet, uh, and we may not, for what it's worth, uh, play the friendship with my wife card uh, once he gets here. <laughs> I feel like let's let him get here first. You don't want to scare him off. I, I, I mean, reasonably, yes. So <laughs> that's uh, um, but uh, I think I'll wait well, until he gets to Athens until I start, I start bugging him about that. I'm going on a limb here and saying that the cattle call media day is not your scene. Not my scene is a very, <laughs> very fair assessment. I've not, I've covered this this year. I think will be my fifth. Or six Super Bowl, I went to one media day and will never make that mistake again. I will never go to that uh, to the. And the thing is, is the the joke about media day is always that it's a circus. There's always that Telemundo reporter or some guy <laughs> dressed up as a clown. But trust me, those people are doing more interesting jobs than the regular reporters that are right. there. <laughs> like that, it is a very stupid event that everybody hates and everyone feels like they have to do. So I'm very lucky. For now in my career, that if I choose not to go to that, 
I don't have to. I will. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm hoping to see a Suns game before I, when I when I'm there rather than have to go to do that. I have a firm rule, uh, not firm rule, but I generally try when I as a, as a sports reporter. I when I go to cover a, a sports event, I try to make sure there's actual sports that happen. Right. <laughs> I feel like that's like the least I guess. Why so don't cover the winter meetings in baseball or or stuff like that? I like to cover like you know games. Speaking of games, segue. There we go. Let's talk about the slaying of taxes. Uh, the taxslayer.com ball, Penn State, Georgia. Tony, give us just personnel wise who's healthy, who's going to be there, who isn't, how much it will matter. Well, if you actually, if you're going to the ball game, you have some eligibility left and can run the football, you should dress out for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Douglas is out, Quavon Hicks is out. Um, I mean, Tay Crowder was um, practicing with the third team this week, which is interesting with AJ Terman on the team. But that's I don't you know I, you know, I hope neither see the field um, between between um, between Sony and and Keith Marshall. Um, we have a couple of guys defensively. Jonathan Abrams uh, is at home dealing with a personal matter. I don't it he was eligible, but he was he was given an absence. Um, Tim Kimbrough, Kimbrough was not given the choice. He was sent home uh, for violation of team rules. Um, there's one other defensive player. I can't remember who it is. Of course, Paton Balto will not be here because he is oh, off to be reunited. And it feels so good with uh, with Mike Bobo out at Colorado State and Will Friend at Colorado State. Um, uh, so, you know, interestingly, you know, the, the biggest hits are on the defensive side of the ball. Um Although losing Brendan Douglas, especially for somebody who can come in late and eat up a few yards and and, and just bruise people, is gonna that could could matter in a game where let's be clear, Penn State and Georgia are mirror images of one another. Really stout on defense, really really not on offense, and with quarterback problems. So the you know it, it should be interesting. I think I think our our personnel losses are probably a little more important than whatever personnel losses or coaching losses they have. But the good news is we don't have James Franklin on our sideline. <laughs> All right. Well, we should make our picks. Uh, um, I'll start. I mean, it's you're picking Penn State. I can feel it. I can feel it. I've been okay. Go ahead. Go it's ahead. It's hard. It's hard, man. Because like you are basically saying, Penn State, a team that's actually a little motivated because they've got a coaching staff that. People are starting to get a little antsy about, to be honest. They're starting to get a little worried about how things are going there. To be able to beat an SEC team, this game means a little bit more to them. They're still building something. They would see a win as a move forward. Georgia would see a win as that weird thing that happened between Mark Rick getting fired and Kirby Smart coming in. Uh, it's the So much of the way that you talk about bowl games is rating how motivated various teams are and how much people care. Uh, it would not to say that Georgia doesn't care, but Penn State is essentially, you know, I think they've had, I think they have a new office coordinator, but uh, they're essentially the same staff and the same people. Uh, it's Hackenberg's last game. As bad as he's been, he's still going to be drafted in the first two rounds of the NFL draft, like he is. And um, and pe- remember, people used to make fun of Carson Palmer uh, before uh, before. Uh, uh, at points in his college career as well, as a reason they like those big, tall guys that can throw a long way. Um, even if sometimes it, that it bounces a couple times before it gets a long way. Uh, but I would say, I think that 
Penn State is going to do everything they can to win and will be ahead late, and then James Franklin will do something very stupid, and, and uh, Georgia comes back. I'm actually picking Georgia to get the pin. Nice. Yay! Nice. Well, is uh is Georgia ranked in like AP or coaches poll? They're not. They're not. No. No. Oh, I thought we were ranked like twenty fifth or something. I think we're I think we're one of the last two and or the top two in others receiving votes, but I haven't looked. I want to say we're ranked in one of them. I think Will's checking. I am checking. I know they're not ranked in the college football poll. No, no, no. I wasn't asking about that. Um so when was it? It was back in two thousand. Uh, I think it was maybe Christmas Eve of 2000. Uh, we were all younger men back then. And Jim Donnan took his boys all the way out west and continued to go further out west to the Aloha Bowl in lovely Honolulu to play Virginia for the 27th time in a row in a bowl game. Um, By the way, funny side story about Jim Donnan. He was the sideline reporter for – or the halftime – analyst for the Arizona bowl on the CW yesterday, <laughs> according to really? my Southern Cal friends. <laughs> yeah. Yo, well, there's nothing, there is nothing that plays like, there's nothing that plays in Los Angeles like Jim Donnan. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Scott. Yeah. That okay. was a Probably. Good like, no, 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 I liked it. I liked it. But that was a good I was going to make some comment about how big his head was on the TV screen, but <laughs> also what, oh, while yeah, we're interjecting, it's, it's, yeah. Georgia is in fact, 25th in the coaches bowl. They okay. are 26 in the AP and 25th in the coaches. Right. Good we'll call. see. The, I was going to kind of draw a correlation because Georgia was ranked 24th in the coaches' poll then. Mm-hmm. Um, Perfect. So in that game, Georgia jumped out to a 17 nothing lead in the first uh, quarter. I think a champ. I think Champ Bailey took uh, an offensive uh, play for a touchdown, and um, you know they basically just you know rolled from there. Ended up winning 37 to 14. Over Virginia. Now that's a reach for drawing a correlation for this game. Uh, the only reason I'm drawing that correlation is because, well, Jim Donnan was out of a job and he hung around to coach it. Mark Richt is out of a job and he's now coaching uh, Miami. So, having said all that, you marry that up with the fact that these guys look really excited to play this football game on Snapchat hmm. uh, this yeah. week. Then, and it's Penn State. It's Freaking Penn State. <laughs> it's a Big Ten team. Yeah. No, it's, it's also Penn State. It's, like, it's, it's Penn State. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm going to say, you know, Georgia beat Virginia 37-14. I think that sounds like a good number. I mean, I, I don't even, I'm not even sure that we need uh, more than Sony and Keith back there uh, with Brandon Cablano and uh, the O-line blocking because they are fired up, according to Snapchat. Junk. Yep. And, uh, and so, yeah, Georgia's going to roll. What do you think? Well, you know, I look at it this way, and I, I hear what you're saying, Will. There is a lot of motivation there for Penn State to win. Uh, it does mean something, whether we like to admit it or not, that uh, these Big Ten teams want to come in and, and flex their muscles against the SEC. I mean, you know, we have four or five, it seems like ten sometimes, bowl matchups, the SEC and Big Ten teams. Um you know, but I, you know, you, you thinking about the Snapchat, Scott, and bridging off that, and then the music that B Mac's been pumping in, and guys, the the kind of the message sounds like they're having fun. Players, especially young players, um, they love playing on a team that's the hot. You know, they like where it's fun to play. Let's let's go somewhere it's fun to play. 
Um, you know, we, you know, we, we saw this recently where, you know, a, a young stud center fielder took less money to go play somewhere where it's fun to play, Will. And uh, I think that's I, what's going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think, that's I, I gonna think we lost here. the connection. I think we lost your connection there. I don't know what happened. Sorry. I think that's going to happen here. I think, uh, wow. I think just like Jason Hayward went to, to Chicago to oh, play. Oh, the connection again. Less, And <laughs> Will? Yeah, um, go ahead. Okay, why don't you cut me off for real? Oh, my God. I'm too hype. far away from the keyboard, or I would have. <laughs> I think Georgia comes out hype. I really do. Um, oh, you were going to work a Cardinals reference in here if I didn't do it. The, uh, too depressed. <laughs> I, think, um, I think Georgia comes out hype. I, I I just, I just one of those feeling things where I think our offense is going to be, I was just really going to be make us all scratch our heads and go, mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, it, it just, it feels that way to me. I mean, it feels that, it just feels that way to me. Awesome, I like it. All right, well, there we go. We are, we are in, we are unanimous on all. Except you picked Michigan State. Yeah, the one. I'm, I'm the contrarian. Yeah. So, all right, well, guys, I'm glad we got the band back together. We were due. Yeah, yes, I just we hope were. this recording sounds good. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we'll do what we can. Uh, uh, we are, we apologize to the uh, listeners for our, our lack of shows. It's the holidays, for crying out loud. How much time would, would you guys have been able to get away from your family for like an hour and a half, as much as you would have liked, and go yak in the room as your uncle's like, what is this podcast? What is your podcast in? That sounds... Right. And that have sounds we, masterful. Have we talked about how we are in... Um, y- y- Tony has been holding out. You know, we're in contract negotiations oh, yeah. uh, for renewals for season two. It is of it this is. podcast because season two will start when 2016 happens. This oh, is yeah. the last episode of season one. It's oh, kind of yeah. like the so Sopranos we, or Game of Thrones. And Tony has been holding out because he knows he's the big star. I understand. I understand that. I, understand. So, so, so I hate uh, to air our dirty laundry. All right. Okay, Caruso. Uh, what are we gonna do? To uh, uh, you realize that if you leave this show, you think it's better over at the dog sports show, but it's not. <laughs> hey, I'm excited. I'm excited to start talking about basketball because, despite the fact that we're you know staring at seven and three, uh, we're finally starting to play pretty decent basketball. So that's a nice little. That's a nice. That's, that's why it's known as a lead-in. That's a teaser. Well, yeah. and and to to bridge off that, we have a double. And to bridge off that, we have a double header on New Year's Day. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, like, on Saturday, it? January second, when mm-hmm. we play. Yes, because Georgia plays at Florida. at Florida. So I guess you dog fans that go to the the Gator Bowl at twelve, mm-hmm. you could then I don't know what road it is, but you could take a road, probably a turnpike. There's tons of them in Florida down to Gainesville. Three hundred one. The dogs play, huh? Highway three hundred one. Three hundred one. How long is the drive from Jacksonville to Gainesville? Yeah. An hour and change. Uh, I assume Tony will lead the charge and get himself yeah. over to Gainesville. I, I can only push my wife so far. I understood. 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 Well, yeah, that'll be fun. So I think we should do, uh, well, let's, well, let's, we'll, we'll talk about, but I'd love to do a uh, post game chat about the ball. Gonna be watching the ball game. Yeah. We'll all be able to do it. Maybe we'll do it over Skype and, uh, get that. But mostly I'm just glad we're back. I've missed you guys. Yeah. I've missed you guys. Yeah, I've, Are you drinking bourbon right now, Tony? Well, we're doing a podcast, aren't we? Okay, exactly. good. Just checking. Just checking. I'm sorry. It's the weekend, isn't it? I brought some booze over tonight for because uh, I felt for all the work that Scott puts in and all the work that Jennifer uh, deals with us. I brought them over some holiday booze. 
Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. Good. We are drinking bourbon called Angel's Envy bourbon. The so, good stuff. That yeah. is that is that is supposed to be good stuff. It is. That's the good stuff. I brought over that, and I brought the 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 Vervoir Clickquat. Is that what it's called? The, the yeah. What well, pronounce it for me, Tony? The Verva Clickquat. Verva Clickquat. Yeah. Oh, you mean champagne? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. The verve quat. That's what we wrote. <laughs> that is the phonetic, yeah, French. That's phonetic uh, uh, pronunciation. Um, anyway, so yeah, so it's going to be back, and we are excited to go into season two if we can nail down Tony's contract negotiations. Yep, yep. We'll uh, we'll put our people in touch with your people, Tony. Yeah, sounds sounds like a plan. Let's do this. All right, man. All right, go dogs. All right, go go dogs. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Just a few housekeeping reminders first. This podcast can be heard on SoundCloud and iTunes. As I've mentioned on previous podcasts, reviews, ratings, and subscriptions are like currency for us podcasters. It helps our show rise up in the rankings. So if you have a few minutes and could lend us a review, the three of us would be very appreciative of your efforts. If you have a question or comment for us directly, you can tweet our show at WSLS Podcast on Twitter. Individually speaking, Tony can be found at Tyler Dogden. That's T-Y-L-E-R-D-A-W-G-D-E-N. Will's handle is at William F. Leach. That's William F. L-E-I-T-C-H. And as for myself, you can find me at Jawavi Films. That's J-A-W-A-V-I Films. And that'll do it for 2015. 35 shows. Not too bad in my opinion. So be safe tonight. Let's all pull for the dogs to get that tip win on Saturday. And, of course, Happy New Year. Bye, guys.